So what's happening? What's what's going on? Bro, I'm good. How are you doing? First of all, it's been so long. It I miss you. Awesome. I miss you and I've missed you. And I'm glad I'm able to speak to you. How are you doing, first of all? How is Uriel Nava, a.k.a. El Churro? I'm good. I was actually thinking about, like, live yesterday. And I was like, it's it's not so bad. Like, it's obviously, not. things things could be better. But, like, I'm surviving, you know? Yes. It's not like It's not like a super struggle. But, you know, like, if I put in the work, you know, it's been... Yes. Like, I yeah. feel like it could be a lot worse. And not even... I feel like a lot of people say it could, it could be a lot worse because you compare yourself to somebody else to make yourself feel superior. But I feel like you should be grateful for the things that you do have, you know, without bringing someone else into the equation, you know? Yeah. Like, be very grateful for all the things you've accomplished. Be proud of that. Be happy about that. All the things you, you know, that you're blessed to have without shitting on someone else, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, what I, that's what I try to do, you know? Everyone's a human. Everyone makes mistakes, yeah. but it's like... I try to look at the positive things that I do have in my life and people and whatever the hell the case may be. Yeah, and I feel that because at the end of the day, you can only live your life, you know? That's that, and that's that on that. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, though, I am doing excellent. Like, I actually, for the first time today, celebrated Kwanzaa. Mm, how was that? It was really, really fun. It was It was really cool just because... It's something that was created in the 1960s by African-Americans, for Mm African-Americans. And not that many African-Americans really celebrate Kwanzaa. Some people see it as like gimmicky or hotepi. Mm -hmm. But it's actually really cool because it's our shit, you know? It's something that belongs to our identity as a people. We have a shared culture, and that's one of the things. And I feel like a lot of our things get washed away in America, just in the midst of quote-unquote American culture, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, our actual things, like Kwanzaa. But it was such an awesome experience. I felt so liberated today. And today was the first day of Kwanzaa. There's seven days, and it starts the day after Christmas. Today was about mm-hmm. unity. It was called Umaja. Tomorrow has, like, seven fucking syllables. I do not know how to pronounce it. I think I remember you telling me about how, like, each day has, like a like, a theme to it. Yes, tomorrow is self-determination, but today was unity. Mm, it was good. really cool. That sounds great. It was cool. But yeah, thanks for asking. I'm yeah. glad you're doing good, too. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, did you want to start? No, Um, you go ahead and start. Hey, well, first, do you want to include this intro before? Or I usually cut it out because I usually spend like the first couple of minutes catching up to whoever it is that's on. Well, you should, like, edit it, honestly. I feel like we had some good stuff in there. Yeah, I feel like some of it's pertinent. Yeah, so go ahead and edit it, chop it up, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you start whenever. I'm I'm rolling with you. So this is Churro Bites with Churro and... Lolo, a.k.a. Zoe, a.k.a. Lorenzo. That me. Anything else? No, that's just it. (laughs) That's who who I am today. Today, yeah. (laughs) All right, um... All right, boom. Today we're going to be talking boom. about space. Space. We're talking about safe spaces, uh, with a focus on like black culture, so to speak. Yes. All right. Um, before we start, I feel like it's it's important for me to point out. Uh, I guess I would say my bias, because obviously I'm not black. You know, I've been Hispanic my whole life. 
Right. And even white passing, I would say. Okay. I I personally don't feel like I am, but I need to, you know, cover my bases and say that I am. Because that's important that. to my opinions and my viewpoint on the matter. Because, you know, I think that's a it's something that's been said a lot lately. Where like you can be an ally, but at the same time, you're never gonna be, you know, part of it. Like you can empathize, but you can't truly ever relate. Yeah, like I can see you going through your struggle when I can see like the people suffering and like I I stand with it, but at the same time, like that's never gonna happen to me, you know? Right. And it's vice versa for a lot of things. You can be an ally, but you could never truly understand what that, you know, that marginalized people group of people Mm -hmm. are going through. That goes for anything because it goes, it goes back and forth, vice versa type shit, you know? Yeah. And I feel like as an ally, it's always cool to remember that an ally is an ally, you know? I feel like many times, this is not about you at all. Yeah. Many times allies overstep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have to remember, you're an ally. It's an, it's an, it's an alliance, you know? Mm-hmm. You're not a part of it. But that's that. Yeah. But yes. I, I agree with you. I, I feel like, um, especially uh, recently, with like, you know, the protests that we had going on. Yeah. Um, there's crazy. a lot of people that try to kind of make it about themselves, you know? And it's like, it's not really about you. It's like, it's cool that you would be here, but it's like when people get to like posting and shit about it, like, I don't mean like posting and support, but like them like taking selfies and shit. Yeah. That's, that's not a good look. Yeah, it's definitely not a good look. It's so, not. I guess before we start, to be a good ally, you know, just kind of use your voice to uplift someone else's and kind of stay out of the way, you know? I feel that. If Stay I said out of something the way. and you kind of felt some way about it and it's like pertaining to like how, you know, black people are treated. It's like if I tell you something and you don't agree with me, it's like it's not really my say, you know, how to tell you how to feel. You know, that is 100 percent true. That's and that's that's what I was saying earlier about overstepping. Yeah, because people try to do that. They try to t- like I've I had this one dude who is. It was a white dude, mm-hmm. and my friend at the time was a black girl, and he was the type of white person where, like, he was obsessed with black culture, literally. Mm-hmm. And it's that's cool, you know. You dating black people, you like this, this shit, you like their culture. That's cool, but it's like it comes. It came to a point where he was trying to tell me about my culture and things that I grew up with and that I know, you know. Yeah, that's that shit I don't like. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there just comes a point of, like, overstepping. Where it's like, okay, that's, that's a little inappropriate. What's up? Yeah. I feel like that's important to say because, you know, like, I feel like black people have been very understanding and, like, open about their culture, you know? Like, I've never I've never been into something to have, like, a black person tell me, like, oh, like, why are you like this? Like, this isn't for you, you know? Right. But I feel like sometimes, to be honest, sometimes white people take it up the ass, like, like bro chill like you don't need to be doing that much you know definitely i'm gonna have to agree on that Mm. but yeah let's get started on that's that's me that's me being off topic that's my fault now you cool Um, i feel like it all ties in for real yeah it all ties in 
So the idea of safe spaces, um, I'm just going to give like a general sort of definition. I think a safe space would be something like a cultural space or like an actual physical space where you can feel like no harm will be done to you, you know? Mm -hmm. So in the black community, has there been any safe spaces, do you think? Do you think there's more now or before, you know, when there was actual like well, not that it's not ongoing, but, like, it was more prominent, I would say. I feel like throughout history, we've, this, it goes really deep, because there's been several instances of black, of black safe spaces. Like, to me, a safe space, like, a basic definition is just, like, what you said, a place where you feel like no one would do any harm, but it's created by people of that same, the people are the same, basically. Yeah. It's created by... A, not necessarily by race, because it could be a safe space for women or it could be a safe space for gay people, you know? Mm-hmm. But the people who create the space, you mutually benefit from one another, basically, you know? Yeah. To uplift each other. And there's been several instances of that throughout history. Like, even, like, fraternities. Like, all the Greek, not all the Greek ones, but I believe all of them, or most of them, or a lot of them, those are, there's a lot of black fraternities that were created as literal safe spaces because we were not allowed to go into these white fraternities, you know? Yeah. So we created these spaces for ourselves. And fast forward decades later, there's white people coming into these um, black fraternity safe spaces. And you can't necessarily turn them away because they're white, you know? Mm -hmm. That's not my objective, but it just makes you think like, damn, we created these for ourselves because we were not allowed in your safe spaces. And now we have to open you guys with open arms, you know? Yeah, it's kind of shitty. It's really shitty, actually. Fuck that. It's really shitty. That's some backward shit. Cause that was not too long ago when all that shit was going on. You know? Yeah, they tried that. That was shit. Uh, the whole history has been altered. Like, they give you fucking black and white photos when like color photos were available and taken, but they're like altered in textbooks to make it seem like it was a long time ago. But no, that's yeah, it's still recent. That shit was very, very recently. Very that's kind recent. of the shit that like my grandpa, and my mom, and my dad lived through. Not saying that they were all in fraternities, but I'm saying like. All of this is in their lifetime, and these people are alive, you know? Yeah. Like, the fact that my grandmother was alive before, like, um, integration, that's insane. Yeah. Before integration happened, that is insane. She was alive and walking and kicking and screaming, all that shit, way before integration even happened. That shit blows my mind, and it makes me mad, but that's beside the point. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I saw a meme a while ago where it's like um, there's like these two groups of people right and one of them was like outside and the other one was like you're not welcome here and then they're like okay we'll make our own space and then the one that was outside or the one that was inside was like oh um, we like, we want to be included and then they go inside right they're in this little box that they made for themselves they go inside and then once they're in their box they're like oh you're not welcome here and exactly. I thought, I was like, hmm, where have I seen that before? You've seen it in real life. Yeah. That's where you've seen it. Uh-huh. Because art imitates life, honestly. Yeah. And art really does imitate life because that shit is some real life shit. And my fraternities were just one example, you know? That was yeah. the answer to your question. I kind of got off on a tangent. Ooh, no, no, okay. it's, it's, it's good that you said that. Ooh, I kind of got was, off on a tangent, but was that was an example. Like, the whole that's actually in my notes here like what's the the whole reason these spaces are made 
because of all the fucking racism and like gatekeeping that's been made in like any kind of community, really. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But the fraternities, it's, it's a great example, honestly, because it's a literal safe space, you know, mm-hmm. that was created for that reason. But yeah, that answers that question. And like the kind of rhetoric that was made before, like, you know, back before we could actually like speak our minds and stuff. It's like, if you don't like it, then make your own. But exactly. Then when, but then when they make their own, you know, they become another problem. You know? Mm-hmm. I totally agree. A problem yeah, is like, BS. either they won't let them be on their own, or they try to include themselves. Right? Yeah, and I was going to say, you see instances of that throughout history again, like at the, um, what was the place in Kansas? To- oh, Tok- Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. It was the Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street, yeah, I was just about to say. And it was basically a small town of all black people who created, who had their own equity, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a literal safe space, like financially as well. That's how much of a safe space it was. Like all the businesses were owned, all the banks were owned, like it was thriving. And out of spite, people were mass murdered, you know? Yeah. And everything was burned down. That like that was that's crazy that a, a space that safe was just destroyed like that. Mm-hmm. That's just one of the examples of a safe space throughout history that I could think of, and you know that shit blows my mind to this day. Actually, I had that written down too because like they weren't allowed to trade, or if they were, I'm pretty sure that would have been like very, 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 you know, what's the phrase? Tax, like tax and like regulated, like they would not let just anybody, you know, start. Yeah. So then, once they make their own, they make their own banks, they make their own offices, they make their own deals and Mm -hmm. stuff. It's like, it's crazy to me that someone would hate that much to where like it's not bothering you. It's out of the way, really. Like it's not in fucking New York, you know. It's not in the stock exchange. It's crazy to me that that it would be bothered still so much to actually create all that destruction, like. Violence, I guess, would be. And, yeah. That's why I think gatekeeping is important. Yeah. I do. Because having your own shit is is awesome. Having your own colloquialisms and all that kind of stuff, it's cool. I just feel like, you know, naturally cultures are going to blend. Language is going to evolve and so are people, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think it's important in the process to pay to pay, like, your dues and be respectful, you know? Yeah. Because this is not the fucking Colombian exchange, which was actually, in reality, hor- hor- horrible. Yeah. You know, we learned about it. It's like this fruitful, peaceful exchange of ideas and food. I and mean, there was really a lot of fucking evil-ass shit going on. And in the process, a lot of cultures were exchanged, you know? Yeah. But I feel like now... While it may not be as literally violent as that, as literal, literally violent, mm-hmm. those cultures exchange, it it still is, actually. And let me break that down. Yeah. Hair. Let's talk about hair. Ooh. Black people in hair. Mm-hmm. I want to start by saying that I understand that in many, there's like, black people did not invent hair. Let's say that. Everybody has hair. Um, we didn't invent braids either. Let's be clear on that. Because there's a bunch of indigenous tribes and people that live in like Mexico and 
all throughout Central and South America that braid hair, even before the slave trade, you know? Yeah. They did that. And then, you know, black people came over, they was braiding to do all that kind of shit to create slave routes, escape routes and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But my point is, braids are okay, you know? It's, it is what it is. Anybody can do braids. It's when you're purposely nitpicking at things that you like about black people that you want to add to yourself. It, let, me, let me break this up. Hold up. Because I'm kind of like getting off, getting off tangent. Basically, people like black people shit, but they don't like black people. Yeah. And let me break that down. Mm-hmm. Like in several states to this day, it's still, there's still legal hair discrimination. There's still legal hair discrimination. You can be denied jobs and all this other kind of stuff because of your hair. Isn't that insane? Mm-hmm. Our, our dreads, our fro, all that kind of stuff is deemed unprofessional and thuggish and ruggish. But when somebody does those same things, it's considered edgy when people can still be denied jobs because of dreads, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's a natural hairstyle. It's a protective style. And it's, it's, it's offensive to me, honestly. I know people say it's not that deep. And there's even black people that'll say it's not that deep. But it is that deep, you know? Mm-hmm. There's people being literally stereotyped and stigmatized for things that naturally occur with us, you know? From our skin tones, from our lips, to our ass, whatever it may be. Just being bigger. Like, and there's people that are altering themselves to do these things. And it's edgy, it's fashion, it's cool, it's trendy. Yeah. Like it sounds it sounds regurgitated saying this over again, but this is real life shit, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like gentrification of black people. Like <laughs> y'all taking over with our shit and you, we get no credit, basically. And it's I'm not asking for a cookie, but it's like things get so like our our likeness gets so washed out in the process and it's not even just white people. That's the thing. I wanna be clear on that. Yeah, I feel like many times allies are quick to blame everything on white people when there's plenty of other non-black people that love black shit and don't love black people, you know? Yeah, that's actually here in the notes too. It's like um, whenever they're left out, like whenever you try to include them, a lot of the times they just kind of come in to steal and like profit from the subcultures. Absolutely. Like what you said about like braids and stuff like that. Whenever like a black person would have it, it would be like, oh, it's like whatever. It's you know, it's their culture, whatever. But then whenever a white person does it, it's like edgy. It's like new. It's trending. Yeah, and they profit off of that. They do. And they really do. It's crazy. Like um, one thing that I've been doing as kind of an act of defiance, but like not really defiance. It's more normalizing. I've been wearing my do rag a lot more lately, mm. and I've been wearing it to work as well. Because we have our, my, my job is very diverse. There's a bunch of different kind of peoples. Even the black people there, there's a bunch of different kind of black people. We have African-Americans, Venezuelans, Cubans, South Africans, Trinidadians. There's a bunch of different kind of black people. Mm-hmm. And each of us have our own little like natural scarves and head wraps and stuff like that. And it's really nice to see. And I came to the conclusion that there's nothing wrong with me wearing my do-rag to work. It's just that our things here get so stigmatized and stereotyped that they're perceived as inherently negative, you know? Yeah. There's literally nothing wrong with a do-rag. It's just a natural head wrap. It's how Nigerians have theirs, South Africans have theirs, African-Americans have our own. One of them is a do-rag. 
and it's completely normal. It's nothing wrong with it at all. They have very nice Blu-rays. Mine is satin. Period. It's bow wow. Yeah, it's like it's Get like that product placement. At the end of the day, it's like cloth. It's just like the actual. It is. What's it is society and what itself I'm... places these like negative connotations with it. It's true. It's true. Just because it's our things, that's just like dreads and braids. It's like when we have these things that are natural and we wear these things like do-rags to naturally protect our hair, which whether it's waves, dreads, or whatever, mm-hmm. is deemed as negative because it's our shit, because we're doing it, you know? Yeah. That's why people are so quick to gatekeep and call you out that you look like an idiot when you do try to do things like us, because it's like when we do it, it's literally a problem. Things that are our things, you know? It doesn't make sense. So that's one thing I've been doing. I've been wearing my do-rag a lot more, even at work. And I've been waiting for somebody to say something. <laughs> Besides, like, I've been waiting. Because I'm just like, I dare somebody tell me to take my do-rag off. I wear it in front of my general manager. I'm like, I dare you. Because, I, oh, I dare you. There's nothing wrong with a do-rag mm-hmm. at all. Like, for real. Yeah. But that's just an example, you know? Mm-hmm. But gatekeeping is important. And destigmatized things are too. That was actually my first question. Uh, do you feel that these spaces should be protected or hidden from oppressors? Which is so another is phrase for gatekeeping. You know, do you think we should gatekeep? You should gatekeep. So I think that these spaces should be remained for the people that it was intended for, safe spaces. That is, you know, mm-hmm. like when I say when I'm talking about safe spaces in, in the context of this. Um, podcast today I guess I'm speaking about like you know my culture so it sounds very personal and it may sound very like overly passionate but it's like this is my identity you know yeah and a lot there's a lot of other black people who don't feel the same way that I do you know Mm -hmm. a lot of black people in America are largely divided honestly and that's been done throughout history purposely I feel Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of us who understand these safe spaces and they understand that we share we have a shared culture you know and that we sh- we have a common experience that we're united by a common thing i'm not saying every black person is under a monolith but i'm saying the fact that we're all black in america and our ancestors from america blah, 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 and you know from africa blah, blah blah it's like we have a shared ancestry we have a shared experience we have a shared culture certain things you know mm-hmm. so i feel like these spaces should be protected for us because there's a lot of us that don't even understand that we have these safe spaces, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very like crabs in a bucket, and it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. I'm not saying every black person is like that. I'm not saying every black person has a safe space, but it's like we should be a safe space for each other. I would like that for there to be more unity. But yes, I, I answer your question, get off this tangent. I think they should be protected for the people that it was intended for. I think that's a very strong analogy that you just gave the crabs in a bucket kind of thing. Because, yes. you know, there's a phrase I heard. It's like, not all skinfold are kinfold. Yeah. You know? That's the truth. Because it's... It's the truth. It's true that some people... Some people have... Some people draw strength from their identity. And it's like some people kind of try to bury it. And that's just not on black people. Like, that's in a lot of POC culture. Of course. So it's like... I think it would be a good thing if, like, no, let me rephrase that. I think it would be good if these spa- spaces were protected so that anyone could have access to them later on, you know? 
yeah. you can draw back on it whenever you want to. You know, you can have an awakening, so to speak, and that it would still be there for you to draw upon. Exactly. Do you feel like I'm here for it? Do you feel like it's easier for for I guess the culture to be maintained nowadays? Absolutely not. Hmm? I said absolutely not. Let okay. me break it down. Yeah. Because I just feel like with the rise of social media, people have anything they want at the the tips of their finger, you know? Mm-hmm. At the tips of their motherfucking fingertips. Like, and I feel like things, information spreads so quickly nowadays. Dances, food, um, new trends. It just spreads so quickly. Shit can go viral overnight. And I don't know. I just feel like it's it's harder to maintain things because people call you sensitive, you know? People call you sensitive when you try to keep what's yours. And they tell you nothing belongs to you, which in theory is true. Nothing belongs to anybody. But it's like, fuck that. Like, I'm not a celestial body yet. I'm still a human on Earth. And it's like, bitch, this is mine. Mm-hmm. Like, stay with You have your own shit. You literally have your own shit. Why are you all up in my shit? You and black people been there? Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. You know? See, I I believe what you say, but I, I see that, you know, like, whenever people want to, they want to think that, like, everything belongs to everybody, it's because they say that it's about, like, unity, but at the same time, it's like, you can't have unity when one type of person is persecuted for, you know, engaging in their culture, and the other one is not yeah. off of it. So it's like, first you got to deal with that first, and then everybody can have everything, you know? Exactly. That is 100% the truth. And I think identity is important, you know? Mm-hmm. Identity is important. You go to fucking Scotland, they're in their little plaid skirts. That's their culture, and they're proud about it. You go to Mexico from November 1st through the, through the 3rd, for Dia de los Muertos, and they're doing shit for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Proud of that culture. And it's like, that's their shit. It's inherently theirs. It is vocalized that that's their shit. It's a very proud thing to be. When it comes to African-Americans cultures, it's like everybody gets to put their fingers in it and then call you sensitive for calling them out. And it's like, that's not the way it should be, you know? Yeah. Everybody gets to dip their hands in that pot, take what they want, and 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 wash their hands with us, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh. I like, let me hop on that music, you know, throw a little rap out there, gain some fans, get a hit, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm done with that now type shit. Mm-hmm. Or let me, work, let me rock dreads for the fucking fashion show tonight. It's cool. Like, it's just, it's not. Black fishing, I mean, like, it started on black fishing. Mm. Like, That's actually Jesus. what we're moving into in the next section because we're talking about music. Okay, yes, yeah, get into it. Um... You know, go ahead. Keep on going with the blackfishing because that, that'll probably tie into what we're going to talk about later. I'm saying blackfishing comes in many forms. There's like literal, there's pictures where you're trying to look like a black person. And the crazy part is that sounds crazy and it sounds psychotic like to say that somebody's trying to look black because I feel like that might not be the case. They want to look racially ambiguous. Yeah. You know, because they want to be black enough but not black it's like damn i can't be black Ooh, like oh i gotta actually deal with shit black people go through you know yeah like 
I want to be racially ambiguous so I can be foreign, you know, admired, uh-huh, all that kind of shit. Like, nah, that that's a big thing. Racial, racial am- ambiguity. People benefit from that. Mm-hmm. They it, they figure they can't really be- benefit from being black. Yeah. But if they ambiguous, they foreign, you know, that's what the money is, quote unquote. Yeah. In their eyes. It's all a benefit, but none of the repercussions, really. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I I knew somebody. Oh, never mind. Let me not. Let me not tell my friend like that. Just in case she listens to this. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Let me not. But you continue. (laughs) I would say just like more famous people. Like, the biggest one, the easiest one, the easiest bait for me is um, Kylie Jenner. Ugh, candle janitor. Yeah. Her and her fucking La Tormenta. La Tormenta. What does that mean? Torment? Uh, no, her kid's name Stormy. So that's what they call her in Mexico. La Tormenta. Oh, Stormenta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And it's crazy because, like, her and her family kind of, they made their fortune, you know, like, profiting off of black people. It's 100% true. It's... It's kind of scary. It's a little weird. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, that's their life. It is. Like, the fact that Kim has, like, four kids. I'm sure she loves her kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know. That was a, That's a special case. Like, I I don't know. I kind of respect Kim. I, I respect Kim. I do. Let me say that. I respect Kim Kardashian because she has a crazy-ass husband. She has beautiful black kids and i feel like she's not she didn't bring them into this world to oh, yeah. as pawns or just you know i think she actually cares i would say she cares about black people like i don't i don't know about everybody else can't speak on them but they all seem to like black people even a mom so hey you know mm-hmm. that's that on that but i i agree with you as far as the concept of kylie jenner you know profiting off of being super fucking brown yeah. type shit, you know. Her biggest thing is the whole making your racial, lips big as fuck. Thing. Yes, making your lips big mm-hmm. as fuck. You know, being super fucking tan type shit. Like it's it's really weird, and that that shit that that's another thing. Isn't that isn't it crazy how the tables mm-hmm. are turned? As far as like people wanting to be brown, yeah. <laughs> that's that. Oof. Like that's that's another thing, that mm, another thing, colorism. Before before we like super get into it, it's more like um, well like even over the years, black people have gone through so much and like done a lot of work to get, you know, their name out there, right? And it's like it gets to the point mm-hmm. where like black culture is like the biggest, the coolest thing right now, and then it everybody is. else profits off of it, but you know nobody had to go through the effort that it. Nobody had to go through the effort to get it out there, you know? Mm-hmm. But then everybody else, like you said, can, like, fucking dip their fingers in the pot, you know? Yeah. And then wash and their wash, hands Yeah, when it. they're done with it, they're just like, oh, no, I'm back to me again. Right. Oh, I was really tripping, you guys. Dude, I, I saw this once. Have you ever heard of the show mm-hmm. Insecure? So, basically, you've heard of the show Girlfriends, yeah. right? So Girlfriends was like an all-black cast, basically. It was a great black-ass show that I'm currently binging again as an adult. 
I used to watch it when I was like in kindergarten growing up. But now that I'm an adult, it makes so much fucking sense because everything is so relatable. But the premise of the show is a bunch of girlfriends. They're like all black. There's a male friend. He's black. Everybody's black. And they're in L.A. And it's just how they navigate life and with each other and how they feel, blah, 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 blah. Like black sex in the yeah. city type shit, except their sex. It's really cool. But that show is pivotal and in influencing so many different shows like Broad City and Insecure, which I'm about to tell you about. So Insecure is like the remix of that show. Unrelated, but very similar. Bunch of black people in L.A. And it's just how they navigate life and all these kind of things. They talk about safe spaces and all that kind of stuff. But I saw this one tweet that said, damn, Issa couldn't have any Latino friends because the show is all black. And somebody mm-hmm. tweeted about that. And the crazy part is there's three Latinos in that show, but they're all black. My thing is Insecure is a safe space. Anybody can watch it. Don't get me wrong. It's for everybody to watch. It's supposed to be entertained. It's, that's what it is. It's meant to be seen by the masses. But the show is a black safe space, you know? It represents a lot of black culture. Da, 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 da. It's very black. It's black as fuck in every aspect. And the fact that this person, who is not black, said, damn, Issa, the main character and creator, didn't have any um, Latino friends. She could have had at least one, and she did. But it's not even about including Latinos, you know? It's like, first of all, that's another thing, because there's black Latinos, you know? Bitch, y'all are included, too. But it's like, it's a safe space. If if we didn't want a single, not we, like I'm a part of the show, (laughs) but if she didn't want a single person who was not black on that show... That's her damn prerogative. It's a safe space, you know? But the fact that there are black Latinos just showed that she just wanted to be, like, anti-black, you know? And I feel like that's where that fucking... Those allies overstepping comes Mm -hmm. back into play. Or people just being... People, like, you know, trying to insert themselves, basically. That literally... People trying to insert themselves. And it's like, you're talking out of term, first of all. Because it has nothing to do with you. That's my whole thing. No, I get that. And it's like, the thing that, in this specific instance, the thing that she asked for was already there. It's just she herself can't, couldn't identify with what was on screen, you know? Exactly. But that's... Like, what was the reason? Like, her own prejudice, obviously, but it's like, damn, like, you couldn't just, you couldn't look it up, you couldn't just see it, you know? If she would have paid mm-hmm. attention, she would have seen that, like, obviously her needs are being met. Her needs, quote unquote, because it's not even her show, you know? Exactly. Ah, yeah. And it, 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 and that's, and she's not, again, to say this, anybody can watch the show. It's a great show for everybody, any race, any demographic. But the target audience of the show is black people, black Americans, you know? That's the target audience. It's a funny-ass great show for everybody, but the target audience is black. It's a black-ass show. So it makes sense that it's an all-black cast. And the fact that she wasn't able to identify with the black Latinos who spoke Spanish on the show as well speaks volumes, you know? I feel like in many Latino countries and, you know, Latin American countries, that's very apparent. And the fact that she said those things, that's you know, that speaks volumes about that kind mm-hmm. of culture, you know? And I feel like in those cultures and Latin cultures where there are black people in those countries, they're like, it's more of a homogenous yeah. mix, you know? 
like the black people's cultures are the non-black people's cultures largely across the board in those specific countries it, it blends more fluidly you know and that's why you got motherfucking taylor swift looking motherfuckers talking about the afro-latino baby you're not afro nada you share you have a shared culture with these people but you're not them but that's beside the point that that just speaks volumes of what she says you know but i feel like here in america we do a lot more gatekeeping because we are separate in that mm-hmm. manner you know it's very different things that we created for ourselves. That's the large thing. We create a lot of things for ourselves. And I feel like in those kind of countries, it's more of a shared space, you know? That's very true. But it's more of a shared space and it's more homogenous. But here we created things for ourselves, mostly out of response to things, you know, or even for our own entertainment, entertainment for our own, our own well-being, safety, financial equity, all that kind of stuff. Like, we gatekeep so much to protect these things, you know, because I feel like they're worth being protected. The things that are being gatekeep. Some people think they're minuscule, but it's like these things add up in the great thing. You know, a lot of our culture is like a microcosm. It was at one point in time, but now it's so international, yeah. you know, it used to be a world within itself. And to some degree, many things are because people are on the outside looking in, you know, you can only insert yourself so much. You'll never really know. Yeah, it's actually... I was going to make another topic on that, about how, like, there's, like, a whole bunch of worlds inside this one world that you're not... A, that you cannot mm-hmm. be a part of, so you wouldn't know nothing about. Like how... Exactly. Let's say you had your own, like, I don't know, landscaping company, and you're, like, the big boss of landscaping in the city of Houston. I wouldn't know nothing mm-hmm. about you. You could be nothing to me, you know? Yeah, so you're from Atlanta. Yeah, you would never crazy. know. There's like a exactly. whole different world inside this one world. But anyway, like, like um, like drag queens. That's mm, its own yeah. world, you know. Like I used to re- really be into RuPaul's Drag Race, and that was truly a microcosm. The whole drag world. Oh my god. That's just an example, but let me not get off into a drag tangent. I think I boom. did have something <laughs> down for that because of how like um. Let me just give one example. Like, uh, I remember seeing, I used to see a lot of, like, straight white women kind of go into that. That was, like, their, like, little, like, escape, I guess. And sometimes it's, like, that's Mm -hmm. somebody's entire life, you know? And they kind of, they have struggles and, like, tribulations because of it. And just to have someone just come in and, like, oh, yes, whatever. You know, they're, like, living off that. (laughs) Yeah. They're, like, living off that culture. And it's, like, it's weird to me. I, I, I'm saying, trust me, I've seen that over and over again with music. Like, over and over again. Let's just break it down. Yeah. Because so much of American music stems from black people mm-hmm. here in America. Like, first of all, all of it stems from fucking jazz, which was made a long-ass time ago in New Orleans by black people. So many, Honestly, so much music stems from that. Blues, jazz, a all lot that. of alternative music stems from black people. A lot of everything, everything in America. Honestly, even country, country was black music. Country, it was. That stems from blues and soul. It's super whitewashed now. Rock and roll was started by a black mm-hmm. woman. What and the fact that it's considered to be a white as yeah. genre now. 
and that if you're black, you can only do rap or R and B. That is some bull. And it's it's shit completely if I ever by heard in my life. Too. Yes, and it's it's crazy because these things were made as safe spaces. Yeah. You know, these things originally started as safe spaces, making our own music for ourselves for us, and everybody has a hand in it now. You know, it's I understand culture is supposed to evolve and merge. At, to some degree, but it's like, damn, our shit literally just gets taken. There's no asking. There's no homage paid. There's no um, due respect. It's just taken, and that's it. A lot of the time, whenever the and, culture was, like, spread, quote-unquote, was just somebody coming in trying to profit off of it. Yeah. it's many, When I say spread, it's usually taken yeah. and ran with, which is exactly what happened with rock and roll. Like, Exactly what happened with rock and roll. Think about house music, which started in Chicago by black and Latino gays. By the black and Latino gays in the clubs in Chicago. Now it's considered to be a white ass Mm -hmm. genre. Are you paying house music? But that's that's why I appreciate artists like Azealia Banks. You know, I'm obsessed with her. So she's able to make that music black and gay again. Bitchy, yes. Like, I'm able to separate the art from the music. I don't give a fuck. You can talk, she can say all the shit she wants, but she's actually making authentic black gay yeah. music. Like, she has some hard shit, but I'm talking about the black gay shit is black and gay, period. You know? And that's, that's, that's somebody who's very known for gatekeeping. Like, she will call your ass out. That's why, I, mm, yes, I live for it. That's the energy I have. Maybe not on such, High level, but high key shit. If I was famous, you probably would get it. <laughs> Call your ass out. Like, oh, I know she did not just come up in my my cookout mm-hmm. wearing dreads. House music, um, ma'am. The same thing for house music can be said about disco. Because I mean, you watch any yes. disco yes, movie, any seventies movie. Guess who's you know? Guess who's the main character? Guess who's you know the star of the show? When in reality. Disco was like a black gay thing. It really was, and everything negative that's like truly, that's truly been said was. about like the disco times or like the disco community was a lot because of white people. It was a lot because of homophobia mm-hmm. and racism. That's why it only lasted in such popularity for like you know yeah. a decade because there was a large effort to mm-hmm. diminish it. Because if you like, if anybody goes Which back and listens to crazy. it right now, like it's good music, like. It is. Disco is great. I love. It makes sense that I love disco. I'm black and gay, so it's like this mm-hmm. was made for me. That's why I love house. And that's why I love um, disco when it's done right. Both of yeah. those things, you know. Don't get me wrong. I like a few BG songs mm-hmm. or whatever, but you know, I like it at its true, authentic form. Like there's this artist who's out now named Victoria Monet who released an album called Jaguar, and it's. She's by, she, she owns her bisexuality. She doesn't just plaster it on, around the world, but she owns it it's in her music. You know, she talks about these things and how she navigates her life. And she does it by blending like R&B and, and funk and, and like soul and disco. It's very disco-y. I'm like, yes. I love that this year disco had a fucking comeback. Doja Cat would say so. You know, that went number one. It was everywhere. And that was a straight up mm-hmm. disco song. And then Victoria Monet releases the album, and it's very disco-y. Like, I really, really, really love disco. It's great. 
I love it. Let's see here. Let me look at my notes real quick. I just had to say that. It has nothing to do with anything, but I just love this I mean, though. <laughs> I do too. Like I think one of the first like genres like I got into was disco. Like me by myself, because obviously there was like a language barrier, you know? Because English wasn't my first yeah. language. But I think that was like the first thing I like dropped myself into. Yes, I feel like disco is mm-hmm. universal too. It's just great dance music. Whoa. Give me the disco. Let's see. We went through the music examples. Let's let me ask you something else. Do you think there's any uh positives in letting other people in? Like you yourself, do you believe that there can be any positive? So my thing is education. Um, I think it's important for people for to, you know, educate people about about your culture and stuff like that. You don't have to, like, I'm not saying, like, just go down the street and wave a, a fucking, have a parade. You can, which is cool, which is awesome, also. Let me not even say that. To rave a banner, I mean, definitely have a parade. Have that parade, bitch. Do it. But I'm saying it's important to educate people to, so they can understand. I think that's where it comes in. When people understand people more, there's less speculation. And it's more understanding shit. You know, what's the word for that? When you understand somebody, yeah. empathy, understanding people, when you understand somebody's culture and the things that they do, it just opens your eyes and makes you more open-minded versus trying to insert yourself or take, you know? I think that leaves room for the possibility of there being other things. When we understand each other, we're able to move closer to each other's spaces, but that doesn't necessarily mean we should move inside of them. That means we can coexist yeah. more peacefully, you know? But as far as, like, just letting someone in, first of all, who dictates Who dictates that? And that's my question. Who dictates that? And I feel like nobody does. You can't bring somebody in because it's like you either are or you aren't. Like Rachel Dolezal, the white yeah. lady who pretends to be black, and she worked in the NAACP. She's working to advance colored people. But I feel like that was an example of an ally truly mm-hmm. overstepping. She truly overstepped. To the point where she had an identity crisis. And that's another thing I've noticed. So many people are overstepping. And they're like, I don't know why I talk like that. You know, I just talk like that. Yeah. You know, it's giving identity crisis. It is. Not saying all black people talk the same. But it's like, it's very apparent when somebody's putting on what they think black people yeah. sound like, you know. And it's giving identity crisis, you know. I don't like that. I really don't. But as far as letting people in, you can't dictate that. There's no getting in or induction, nothing like that. You either are or you aren't. And I don't think that there really is a benefit, you know? I feel like had there been rules to this kind of shit, like nobody would be in our shit, you know? Like the fact that people can just insert themselves, I guess it's um, to some degree it's cool, but it's like, nah. I'm glad people start calling out cultural appropriation and shit like that because... I feel like if that whole movement of people like speaking up about things that they don't like, you know, whether it's racist or whatever the fuck it may be, I feel like a lot of a lot of shit would just be swept under the rug, like it was for years and years and years and years ago. You know, so fuck that. No, get out my space. Do not come in. <laughs> in my opinion, respectfully. respectfully. Um, respectfully. Let's see. 
but, but but I will say, in the process, people are going to just insert themselves mm-hmm. anyway. So, you know, I can only do so much. I can't physically fight you. I will. I will have to fight you though if you are kind of like it sounds dramatic, but it's like you're not black at all. You have no black ancestry, and you're like wearing do rags for what? You look dumb as fuck. I want to slap the shit out of you. <laughs> and I'm not even a violent person, but like, don't do that shit. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. Wear a scarf like Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Wear a baseball cap like Johnny. Yeah, I feel that. The fuck. But yes, that's how I feel it. Pure. I mean, to me, to me, it's just always been obvious. You know, it's it's crazy to me, like people don't really understand but that also has to do with like education itself do you feel do you yeah feel, how do you feel about that how do, you, how do you feel about having to do that because i feel like that's kind of a burden dude. having no because that's my thing it's not my job to what well, is my thing it's it's my prerogative to educate you about things that my people mm-hmm. do you know and that's the thing but it's as far as like things that occur in the world and especially historical things, it is not my job to educate yeah. you, you know, on things that have already happened. It's not my job to educate you, to make you a better person, to make you more aware type shit that as far as that goes. No, but as far as like bringing you in, like let opening your mind to my culture, whether that's through music or food, dance, clothing, whatever that may be. You know, that's my prerogative to let you in. And I don't mean let in and let you literally become a black person. That's, that'll never happen. But it's just letting you in as far as opening your mind. I think that's what people get it fucked up. Like, bitch, we told you about it so you can know. But, like, you are not one of mm-hmm. us. And you never will be. That sounds exclusionary and harsh, but it's like, it's the truth. Like, I will never be white. I don't ever want to be white. But why do so many people want to be black? I don't get it. Oh, wait, that's the thing. They don't want to be black. They want to be racially ambiguous. They want to profit off of black shit. They like the things, but get, can give a yeah. shit about the people. I like the food. I like the hair. I like the acrylics. I like all the shit that was ghetto, quote unquote, mm-hmm. years ago. And is ghetto today on me. But when you do it, it's ghetto. It's dangerous. It's thuggish. It's scary. It's unclassy. It's unkept. Like natural hair, that's my biggest thing. That is the shit that grows out of our head. But there's so many people that try to emulate that. That's why we're so vocal about hair and that being a safe space. Like, people get trying to get passion twists and trying to get, like, you know, make their hair kinky and putting in dreads and getting mold in their hair and shit because your hair is not yeah. designed for it. Like, this is why we gatekeep that shit. It's a slap in the face, honestly. When there's a bunch of hair discrimination that goes on. You think about Jamaica which is a country of 98% black people. They just passed a law that made dreadlocks, um, dreadlock discrimination legal. I saw this officially, so I'm not just speaking bullshit. This is official Supreme Court law passed in Jamaica. Country by black people. That just blows my mind. Even though that's their shit, and that's their own culture, and that's their own government, mm-hmm. all that kind of shit, that shit happens over here, you know? with other people, other different races, you know, we have white people, um, non-black people in the government type shit that pass these laws and it's, it's crazy. That's why I'm so vocal about that. No, you should not be putting dreads in your hair. Anybody can wear braids, but like, bitch, keep it cute, you know? Mm-hmm. 
you know? I mean, that even that one example, like, I remember it was, like, the whole origin of the phrase dreadlocks and then white people calling it that. It's, like, it's very, I would say it's offensive. You know, because, yeah. like, dread was, like, supposed to signify, like, oh, it's, like, ugly or, like, it's gross. And then white people still call it that. So that's my thing. I guess I didn't know the history yeah. about the name too much. Because you said and, it's, it's a protective you know, obviously I don't want to speak out of term. Yeah, it's a protective hairstyle. So we keep your hair together. It'll grow. Your hair grows like crazy in locks. For real. I personally stopped my journey. I tried to go again, but it's such a commitment to try to grow your hair out as a black person. Like having natural hair for anybody, I guess, is, you know, whatever. But for, for, for many black people, it is, it's a full-time job having to, you know, wear oils and creams and all that kind of stuff and the right shampoos. And it's a, it's a process. It's a respectful fucking process to wear your natural hair. And for people to try to emulate that, it's like, oh, like, bitch, wait. Especially dreads and twists and all that kind of locks. Yeah. Let me say locks. Locks and twists and stuff. Because locks is a, another colloquialism. But yeah, locks. Like, that's, that, that's our shit, you know? When people try to emulate that, it's just, nah, son. Nah. It's not right. It's not okay. right. It's not right. It's not giving a give. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's, a, that's about it for my end. I have one example that I thought was kind of bad. But I don't really want to... I can't really speak on it, you know? Because I'm not black. I'll tell you about it. But, you know... Let's hear it. Um, I was on Facebook, and I watch a lot of comedy stuff, right? And then this guy came up, and it was kind of weird. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of him. His name is Gary Owen. Yeah, he's weird. He is a, Gary Owen is... He's kind of one of those white people. He's... He's a white dude. He's married to a black lady. He has mixed black kids, you know, so he kind of inserts himself on a lot of things, I've noticed. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about, and he inserts himself a lot because he feels entitled because his kids are black. And, you know, he wants to protect his kids who are black, and therefore, I guess he feels a responsibility. And I think that's a beautiful thing, but I've noticed he definitely oversteps and inserts, but I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no. That, that was it. Like, I was watching his set, and, like, it was very, like, kind of, like, black adjacent, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's a very white dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed that a lot with white people who date black people. They like to insert themselves and feel entitled. Dude, let me tell you something about entitlement and black people and dating right. and non-black people. How that ties together ahead. with me. My first ex mm-hmm. was Mexican. From San Antonio. And when I would hang out with him and his friends, I was, of course, the only black person. And this is before, this was like in 2017. I feel like nowadays, actually, I know for a fact nowadays, if you are not black, I'm definitely gatekeeping the N word mm-hmm. for sure. That's how I feel. And that's the truth because we all, you know better. And it's like, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Like, be respectful, especially if you don't know me, yeah. you know? You don't know what I like. You don't know none of that. Like, keep it cute. And, of course, there's people who don't have people in their lives to check them. You know? Like in San Antonio. This is before, like, I truly, like, got a grip on it. Because now I got a grip. But before I truly got a grip, at first I was like, oh, yeah, just white people can't say it. But it's like, hold up. 
no, no, none of y'all people should be saying this. So I was the only person hanging out with them, and you know, they would be throwing it around type shit. And I think it came up, I brought it up a type of shit because I was starting to feel a kind of way because it was kind of happening too much type shit. And my ex, who was not black, was like, you know, I have a black boyfriend, so I can say it. And in that moment, I didn't defend myself. And looking back, I kind of feel like dumb for like allowing that kind of dumbass shit to be mm-hmm. said, you know? So definitely dating someone black does not entitle you to shit black, mm-hmm. you know? It means that you definitely love black people to some degree, or you can still be racist and just like the fuck white black people. You know, that's often the case type mm-hmm. shit. But I'm saying dating someone black does not um, entitle you to black culture and black colloquialisms and blah, 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 blah. Because, like, you'll never, you'll never be black. You'll never be a yeah. part of that. You can be a part of that person's life, and that's that. But you'll never truly be black. You'll never actually ever be black. Ever. Ever. And when you try to, when you try to do, like, a rip-off black shit, like that Gary Owen shit, it'll just always seem watered down. Always. That wigger shit is real. Like, there's a lot of people who do a lot of caricatures of black people, whether it's music, a.k.a. Iggy Azalea. I used to love her, <laughs> by the way. But before it was brought to my attention that she was talking like a backwater slave and she's from Australia, I was like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Bitch, why are you doing all that? Open up the site, bitch. It's got a lot of sight. Like, bitch, where? You from the yeah, Aussie. Yeah, like, that's some corky type shit. I don't shit, understand. Like, like, just stick, like that's so just a hard, prime example. It's so hard with just sticking to who you are and, like, trying to build off that. I think people are scared to try to do that. Exactly. I, that's what I'm saying. So, be yourself, bitch. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. With my stuff, is there yeah. anything else you want to add? Bro, that's it. Because I feel like, I don't know, it's a very passionate topic for me, gatekeeping and shit like that. And protecting what's yours. Things that do belong to you. And I feel like cultures and heritage is something to take, not take lightly, you know? But I do feel like with African-American culture specifically, so many people have their hands in our pot. And when we speak on it, we're diminished, you know? And I don't like that at all. I'm going to be proud of my fucking people. Even if my people aren't as a whole united as we would like to be, you know? We still share a shared space. And I'm going to fucking, I'm going to acknowledge that and receive that and put that out there. We do. You know? The fact that I celebrated Kwanzaa today was beautiful. Because that was some shit we created for us. And that is a true safe space. The holiday. What? Love that. That's like the one thing that's like all about unity. It's like holiday. Oh, at its original form, holidays were about unity. It's literally about unity. Today's today's day in Kwanzaa was about unity. So the first day is called Umoja, and it's Swahili for unity, and it's about bringing you know your community together. It's really about black people uplifting each other and empowering each other in every way possible, from economic to spiritual to whatever it may be. And that's what I really. I'm looking forward to it with this Kwanzaa stuff. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. It's dope, though. It's dope, dope, dope. But that's all I got to say. I appreciate you for having me on your podcast. I definitely it was great talking to you. You know, you just got a lot of good shit to say. Type shit, type beat, you know. 
And yes, thank you. I hope I see you soon, type shit, type B. We have to try to make that happen. Because, you know, yeah. Yes, I'm sir. All the way out here. Where are you I now? Am... I can't tell you exactly, you know, wink, wink. Not on the podcast. But it's about, I'll tell you later, but it's about like 50 miles northeast of Houston. Oh, I'm saying, yeah. That's all you need to tell me. <laughs> Damn, yeah. you must be like past Tomball type shit, Magnolia. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Damn, like Prairie View type shit, on the way to Austin yeah, type shit. Yeah, there's nothing out here. Damn. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Do you work yeah. out there too? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Well, look, I'm going to definitely see you soon, dude. I'll try to go back to H-Town maybe. Yes, maybe we can take a trip to Austin Ooh. or something. I heard that one. I feel like that would make sense. I heard that. <laughs> All right, Playboy, but I'm a fuck right. with Thanks you. Thanks for being on the you show. Know. Of course. I, I. By the way, I was thinking about um starting a podcast, but I don't know what to call it or I was what to talk about. about but just now, I would definitely have you on. You that before the intro. Like, where were you with, with that, you know? Well, I want to call it Remedy yeah. Lounge. And I think every single episode, I want to have a different guest on. Because I think just speaking me by myself, I don't want to like, I don't know. I feel like I need people as far as talking, you know, having a conversation. It's definitely a lot smoother that way. Because it feels more natural than me just like giving a fucking monologue, you know? Yes. So I'm going to have a podcast where I talk to people. And I have kind of the first episode like planned. I want to talk about 2020 and, you know, plans for 2021 type shit. So... You know, I might be doing it very soon type shit. You never know. Well, let me know. You know, I'll, you know, I'll always put it out there. Always. Yeah. You know the vibes, yeah. bro. But much I love. Think. I love you. I love this. And I'm happy for you that you have your podcast going. And I will definitely see you very All soon. Right, thanks, Lil. Much love to you as well. I'll see you, bro.